What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of The Bullpen. Today, my guest probably... My, the best description I could give you guys of my guest is he looks like fucking Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> I've said that from the beginning. This dude is actually just... A, I, I, I think you know this, but... Grow up being a BYU football fan. My dad played at BYU football. My grandpa coached there for 21 years. And I'll never forget watching you play. And like probably one of the best times of BYU football that we've ever had, right? So growing up, you know, watching you. So that's why I've been telling you, man. I'm being excited to get you on the yeah. fucking podcast, man. <laughs> so let me give you guys an idea of just how how big of a stud this dude is. Not only physically, because when you see this dude, you're, you know, if you're if you're a dude, you're gonna be like, what the fuck do I need to do to get those kind of calves, right? <laughs> uh, but Jordan, it, Jordan Pendleton is the owner of Performance One, a training facility in Lehigh, Utah, that spe- specializes in performance and sports performance. He's been doing this for over eight years, uh, starting his business before back in 2014. Uh, Pendleton, as I said to you guys, was a former three-year starter at BYU, named to the NSCA All-American team, no question, (laughs) which I I might want to bring up a couple things there for you, so remind me to talk about that there. He has worked with thousands of athletes over the years and has clientele that ranges from youth to professional athletes and anyone looking to reach their highest potential. Jordan is passionate about helping people with mindset, fitness, and nutrition. In his free time, you can find him in the park playing with his dogs, which you got some beast of dogs. Yeah, I love love your dogs, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And spend time with his wife and their daughter, Penelope. Bro, I'm fucking excited to have you on, man. I'm excited to be here. There's a lot of good shit to cover. Yeah. But, you know, like I I ask everybody, because the truth is, man, I want to know, You've done some cool shit, right? You've built a massively successful business. Everyone in Utah knows about your fitness training, right? I and I, I'm not kidding when I say that. Everyone knows about Pendleton Performance, right? Everyone knows about you as a trainer. You've made a massive name for yourself, a massive brand, stemming back to the times when you're at BYU, right? Obviously, you've killed it now in business, and you've got some other ventures we might bring up, you know, yep. <laughs> that you're killing. But dude. What's your story, bro? Like, how did you get to this point? How did you become this all-American stud who literally walks around like fucking Hercules, you know, <laughs> killing it in business? What's your story, man? Yeah, man. Um, you know, from from a from my my childhood was a little bit different than most kids' childhoods, right? Yeah. Um, I would say from a, a very very young age, I was possessed. Um, what do you mean possessed? I I wanted to. I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be great. Yeah. Um, and sports was, it was my whole life. Mm. You know, um, I was just joking with my wife about this the other day. Like my daughter, like they just went to Disneyland. Oh, she's, really? she's been to Disneyland. My daughter, yeah. she's not even two years old. She's been to Disneyland more than I have. <laughs> and I'm 33 years old. Right. So I, my, my childhood was, um, it was very singular focused. I had one goal and one yeah. goal only since I was five years old. And that was to play professional football. Yeah. Um, and, and a huge part of that was my dad. My dad, um, you know, w- played in the NFL for a little bit. Oh, I didn't know um, And, and he, he was, he was a stud, man. He was a stud growing up and, and you know, my childhood was, my childhood was different. You know, I, uh, he, he was really hard on me and mm. not, not in a sense where it was like, um, abusive or, mm. um, you know, everybody has a different, a different definition of what hard right. is. Yeah. And so to me, like, like some kids, if they were raised like the way I was raised, um, would shut down or mm. cry or, um, you know, would feel like they're getting picked on or they wouldn't, they wouldn't like it. Right. To me, I fucking loved it Yeah. because, um, I wanted it. I wanted more. And, and, and a prime example of that is just, um, 
you know, I, I grew up in South Jordan, Utah. Right. Um, Cause you went to Bingham. I went right? to Bingham. Yeah. I played at Bingham and, and, um, you know, uh, um, growing up like the, the typical, like an average day for me and my dad was like, when I went to practice, um, practice was practice. Like I go to football practice, right? I'm in little league. I'm, yeah. you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old and practice gets done. The average individual would go home. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and, and go play with their friends or, or, you know, whatever, go play video games. Um, my dad would take me straight from practice and he would take me to Bingham and there's, you know, in the back of the parking lot, there's a, there's a huge hill. Like when you're driving down from the backside, there's a huge hill and he would make me go run hill sprints. Right. <laughs> right. And then I'd get home and he'd be like, Hey, we need to make a hundred free throws yeah. before you go to bed. Right. And then, and then every night I would have to do a hundred pushups. Yeah. Um, and so that would scare most kids off. Whereas to me, it was like, I wanted, I wanted yeah, more. Right. And, and so that was, that was kind of the way I was raised. Um, and it worked for me because I loved it yeah. and, and, and it made me obsessed. Um, it, it made me, um, I, I knew if, I, and then I could also see the results start paying off. Right. And, um, and, and so I just became, I, I became obsessed with it. I, I went to Bingham high school, played at Bingham, um, what was able to win a state championship there in basketball right. and football. Yeah. Um, the, the coolest thing about that was a time of Bingham domination. That was when the Bingham yeah. dynasty really started. Absolutely. And no you know, question. for, for me, what was most special about my high school career, um, was, you know, everybody looks at Bingham and, and they've kind of fallen off recently. You got corner Canyon and some other schools oh, that are yeah. doing well, but, um, everybody looks at Bingham and they think championships dynasty. Yeah. Yep. Um, when I got there and, and and we took state my senior year. Bingham hadn't won a state championship in 60 years. Wow. So 1946 was the last time that Bingham had mm. taken state in football. Yeah. Um, and I really took that upon myself. I wanted to be the one. I wanted to be the one that was going to break that, right? Because mm. there was like a curse. Yeah. Like we had some really good teams. You, you know, my brother, who's six years older than me, he was a stud. He had some really good uh, players playing with him. They had some really good teams, quarterfinals, semifinals. Um, for whatever reason, I mean, even my junior year, we went for, we went undefeated. Yeah. And then we lost in the quarterfinals. Oh, shit. And so it, it almost felt like there was this curse. Oh, and yeah. and I just remember that next season. I remember when we lost in the quarterfinals that next season. I was like, this is not going to fucking happen again because right. I'm, you know, again, it, it goes back to being possessed. And so that whole offseason was just was just crazy. And we ended up breaking that curse. And then Bingham ended up having a, a you know, an awesome dynasty. But um, really growing up, it was it was all sports for me, man. Mm -hmm. I had never went on a trip um, unless it was for sports. Right. Like if I traveled, it was because we had a tournament somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and so. So from a very young age, that was all I really cared about. That was all I really did. Yeah. Um, and I ha uh, had a really good career in, in high school and ended up going um, and playing at BYU mm -hmm. and went to BYU on a full ride scholarship. And, um, you know, I really only had, I was so, like I said, singular focused on one goal. I didn't care about anything else. There was no plan B for me. It was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to the NFL or, mm -hmm. or bust right. pretty much. And, um, and, and, and throughout my career at BYU is kind of what led me into, to, into my, uh, into the path that I'm on now right. is, uh, my sophomore year is when I started getting injuries and yeah. started getting hurt. Right. And, and that was really, you had a ton of injuries, a ton. Yeah. Yep. And so my sophomore year, uh, tore my labrum and my bicep tendon 
came back from that my junior year i dislocated i dislocated my patella tore my other labrum my right labrum um i had a screw holding my thumb together um you know senior year i even tore my labrum again yeah and so you know three labrum tears bicep tendon tear um five knee surgeries and what what killed me was my knee yeah um you know my junior year i dislocated my patella I came back, was feeling really good my senior year, but I had a, you know, uh, pretty much a misdiagnosis on my knee and I, I had cartilage damage mm. and I was playing on it. Mm. And, you know, I, people always like, I say microfracture surgery. It sounds like nothing, like it's right. micro, yeah. it's n not a big deal. Right. It's pretty much a death sentence in For football sure. and, and even basketball. Um, you know, pretty much I was bone on bone. And I compare it to like a, a windshield. You crack your windshield, yeah. you go get that shit fixed right away. Yeah. It's not gonna spread. Right. I had a I had cartilage damage and I played on it and it just kept Spreading. getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger where I was bone on bone on my knee and and um and that was that was what ended my career. Um and you know, for I, I would be lying if I said throughout that time period I didn't go through some depression mm -hmm. and um just figuring out like who the hell like aside from sports who the yeah. hell am i yeah, <laughs> right like right. that was really my only identity was um jordan pendleton football right and and i i really had to find a new identity but there was one thing i remained super passionate about mm -hmm. and that was freaking training yeah and working hard right and and doing anything i could to get a to get an edge or a step up on my competition right and and i became obsessed with performance yeah. and training. And, um, you know, one of my injuries is actually what led to me changing my major. I was doing just some shit major mm -hmm. to just, just I, I, I didn't care about school. You didn't want it to interfere with football. It, exactly. Yeah, right. So I, you know, I'd rather watch film than, yeah. so I picked a really easy, I took, you know, I picked a really easy major that I could just graduate, but really I, I didn't really care. And one of my injuries was kind of an eye opener for me where I was like, all right, man, you, you should like, you're getting free education. You should really, um, choose something that might could lead to, to something else. And so after my first shoulder surgery, um, I started getting into the human body and I was mm -hmm. like questioning things like why, how did this happen? Why I couldn't pinpoint when or how right. it happened. And I, that's when I switched my major over to exercise science. And, um, at the time I was taking an anatomy class mm -hmm. and, that's what did it for me, dude. Yeah. I, I started just, you know, I, I, one, I had the time to study cause I wasn't at practice. Right. Um, I, you know, I was, I was in, I was rehabbing, I was out for eight, nine months and I could really, for the first time, focus on school mm -hmm. and focus on my homework. And, 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 and that's kind of where it started. Um, even then still realizing that, you know, my career wasn't over. Mm -hmm. It was just a shoulders, tons of guys, Tara Labrams. Uh, but that was kind of the, the first thing for me. And then it, when it was over, um, that's when I really set on, on a path to be a trainer. I actually really wanted to be like a college strength and conditioning coach. Mm -hmm. And so I went and did internship. I did an internship at university of Kentucky. Um, I've, I've done internships kind of, uh, uh, various places, but that was, that was really, um, where the whole training business started. Yeah. And, um, I remember doing my internship at Kentucky and, and, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a builder. I like to build right. things. Yeah. Um, whether it's somebody's body or getting somebody stronger or, or, right. or myself, right. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, seeing something from scratch and then seeing w what the goal actually is and then right. trying to take it to that place. Yeah. So, which is 
like an entrepreneur, right? Exactly. Like that's what entrepreneurs like. So exactly, right. I realized in my mind, I, I, as much as I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach, I also had this other part of me that was very entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. a very entrepreneur mindset where I wanted to build something yeah. that, that not only would last, but something that could help a ton of people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's where I started, um, Pendleton performance LLC back in 2014. Um, and, and have been doing that ever since. Yeah. And it's been challenging. It's been a, it's been a hell of a ride, but it's yeah. been fun and we're, we're still going, man. So it's been, um, yeah, it's been, it's mm. been fun, dude. Dude, let me add, like for everyone listening to this, I think I get, I guarantee you there's a lot of people listening to this, especially because a lot of people listening to this are entrepreneurs. And what I've found is that there's a lot of entrepreneurs who come from a sports background where their sports dreams didn't work out, right? I'm one, right? My goal was nothing more than football, right? Football, football, football. And man, like when it was gone, I like, like it was probably one of the darkest times of my life. I've never cried so hard, right? So I'm curious of your thoughts of like, take me to the moment when you knew football was done. How did you feel? The moment I knew it was done, it still wasn't done. Interesting. Okay. What do you mean by that? <laughs> so I, I, I had my microfracture surgery. Um, I had come, I'd come back from, um, one, two, three, four. I'd, I'd, I had already come back from four injuries or surgeries. Yeah. And so in my mind, I'm like I'm a fucking machine. Yeah. Right. Like nothing can put me down. I'm right. gonna, like, I'm going to come back from this even right. stronger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember, um, having surgery, having a knee surgery my junior year, later um, having a knee surgery my junior year, that next year going into my senior year, we had a junior pro day at BYU. That's mm-hmm. where like the NFL scouts come right. and they test your, so the upcoming draft class, they right. come and they test your mm-hmm. your 40, mm-hmm. your shuttle, yeah. your three cone, all that stuff. Right. And dude, I, I ran a 4.49 laser time at 240 pounds after a knee surgery. Yeah. So, so in my mind, it was like, no matter what happened, I can, I can come back from this. Mm-hmm. I remember getting the call. I, I was, I was dating a girl. I was literally, I was hanging out with my girlfriend at the time and I got a call. I, I'll never forget it. I think we were, we were going to like rumby or get something, right. some food yeah. or something. Right. You know yeah. how it is yeah, college yeah. life. Oh yeah. Extra meat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the meatballs. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I, I remember I got a call from our athletic trainer. And he said, I answered the phone. He said, do you want to hear the, the, the good news or the bad news first? Mm-hmm. And I said, um, just give me the bad news. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. yeah. Fuck like the good news. If there's, if there's bad news, then, yeah. right. then what's the good news, right? right? Um, he told me I was bone on bone and, and I had a hole and, you know, pretty much at the time I didn't know what that meant. Mm. Right. Cause people tear ACLs, people right. tear, tear MCLs, mm-hmm. meniscus, whatever. And they, and they can come back from it. Yeah. I mean, shit, people will tear their Achilles and they're playing the next season. Right. So to me, I didn't know the severity of the injury. Yeah. Um, so to me, it was like no brainer. Right. Like, let's just get the surgery and, yeah. and then I'll, like, I'll oh, be back. We'll, we'll fix yeah. it. Yeah. We'll fix it. Yeah. And, and I know I'm, I'm mentally, I'm strong enough to, to overcome it and do all the rehab and yeah. do everything I'm supposed to do. Um, so as he's explaining what's going on in my knee, um, one, I'm, I'm crying because I was having a really good season. It was my senior year. Um, this was a huge year for me, um, to set myself up for the draft for the draft. 
And um, so I mean, you're I, all American at this point. You're so killing I, it. Yeah, you got some great numbers on all stuff. You're, you're definitely looking at getting drafted. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was I was crying. I was, um, you know, I, I was crying because I for three years now I had surgery, come back, surgery, come back, surgery, come back, and that gets exhausting. Yeah, right. And and so like these guys in the NFL that get injured and come back and still play at a high level, I've just mad respect for them because. Mm. People don't know how hard it is, one, to to go through that process right. of, of getting injured. Yeah. Right? Like Odell Beckham Jr. right now. Like, I feel terrible for the guy because mm-hmm. it was like ACL and he comes back and then it's ACL again and then he comes back and then he gets hurt in the Super Bowl again. Right. And it's like that repeated. Wasn't it ACL again I in think, the Super Bowl? I think so. Jeez almighty. So when it's a repeated pattern like that, it gets, it gets exhausting yeah. because the first one I'm like, oh, this is just a like mm-hmm. setback. Um, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do that. And then when you do it again and you, and then you got to go through the surgery and then eight months and then again, eight months at, it, it starts to become dark mm-hmm. and it starts to become exhausting, right? Yeah, like right. there's only so much you can handle of like, it's hard enough already to play at the top. Yeah. It's way harder when you've got to have all these setbacks right. and then try and come back and get to where you were, if yeah. not better. Those crutches get annoying. And, and so, yeah. so part of my crying and, and, and just, feeling of like just overwhelmingness was was one figuring out that holy shit like i gotta go through this all again Mm -hmm. but in my mind i didn't ever think it was something i couldn't come back from so i started researching microfracture surgery Mm -hmm. and i started looking in and um you know one of the one of the main guys i saw which was it was greg odin you remember greg odin he was the center big center that came Mm -hmm. from ohio state Mm -hmm. um he was like the number one or number two pick yeah Everybody's like, oh, he's the biggest bust ever. He's his, you know, he's whatever. A lot of people don't know he's had like three microfracture surgeries. So one of his legs is actually longer than his other. Oh shit! So <laughs> in one of his shoes, he's got a platform that's like this big. So that's where his knee problems came from. Yeah, and right. and everybody's bashing on this guy. And I'm and I'm figuring out that it's because he's had all these microfracture surgeries. And I'm like mm. blown away that he's even still playing. But yeah. I started looking at statistics of. Who's had this injury and who's come back and and looking across the board at different sports, and I'm real and, and that's that's when it kind of hit me and it was like, it was a very very low percentage. Mm. It was pretty much a death sentence. Right. Even then, I'm still like, well, I'm going to be that three percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And exactly. so, so I had my surgery. My 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 surgeon did an awesome job. Um, I even went and had stem cells done. Um, and in my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to come back from this. I, I, there was like, this is what's so crazy is I legit thought I was going to come back from this. Yeah. And so in the meantime, I go and just, I get a job with my buddy. I'm like literally delivering carpet. (laughs) I'd wake up in the morning. I'd go train. I would go to work all day. Um, making like, you know, 12, $13 an hour. Just just by raking it in. (laughs) And then I'd get off, I'd go to rehab, and then I'd go back to the gym. Yeah. And I just repeated, rinsed and repeated. And I got to the point actually where I was um I got my speed back. Hmm. Um the problem was I could not cut to save my life. Like anything laterally, multi-directional movement, it just didn't feel good. I couldn't cut. Yeah. Like, but in a linear going straight forward. I could, I could move. And I, and I started being like, Holy crap. Like I'm running again. Like, like I had to learn how to walk again because you know, I was non weight bearing for almost three months. Oh shit. So my quad is shut down. I, you know, I could, when I started walking, imagine like having your leg up off the ground and you can't put your foot down for three months. 
when you start walking again, you ha- you're, you got to learn all these behaviors again. So right. just walking was hard yeah. for me initially. And, um, and when I, when I got to the point where I started being able to run, I even, I even moved out to Indiana for a couple months and went to the same guy that did great. That's why I brought up Greg Oden. I went out to Indiana St. Vincent's sports performance. Um, cause they had a guy there that specializes in rehab for mm-hmm. this specific surgery. Right. And so I, I did everything I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tried and, and, and the, the, the date, so that, that was the initial day I found out. Right. But even then it was like, it was still not mm-hmm. over. Right. Um, worked my ass off for about a you know year and a half, and my agent at the time even had me. Um, he had me for like I'm I'm already like I'm a senior. I I didn't play my last four games my senior year. Mm. Um, had the surgery, and then pretty much whole season. And then my plan was to show up and run for. I, I was gonna pro day. Yeah, yeah. but. My agent got me um, workouts with four different teams, even a year and a half after I'd been removed yeah, from right. the sport. And, you know, one of them was uh, the Packers and and Miami Dolphins was one of them. And I, I had like four teams that wanted to work me out. And um, my agent says, how are you? And I was at the point where I was like, dude, I'm, this is like. I've just got to go for it and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even care if I right. blow out my knee. You've like, invested I'm, your entire life yeah, into this. I just yeah, want to get no on a, yeah. I want to put on a freaking, yeah practice green bay packers practice whatever i don't care and i want to go like run and and do this and so i just made a decision but when i was training i was getting this nasty pain in my knee i couldn't figure i couldn't pinpoint what it was Mm. and it it was weird it was like structurally it wasn't something structurally it was just like the the best way i could explain it is like I had a shit ton of pain, mm-hmm. like halfway up my femur bone and halfway down my tibia. Oh, shit. And I couldn't figure out what it was. Yeah. And my agent told me before, he's like, just so you know, if you get off that plane, they're because of your injury history, they're going to MRI you. Mm-hmm. They're going to x-ray you. They're going to, they're going to poke Check you and out. prick yeah. you and all, right. and all this stuff. And he's like, you're basically cattle. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to check out like cattle. Exactly. That That's how the NFL is, man. And um, he's like, so, you know, be, before you do this, I want you to go, you know, meet with your doctor, get an MRI and make yeah. sure everything's okay. Right. And I was like, oh shit. So I went up Park City, went and got an MRI, um, met with the doctor. And I'm like, looking at this, I'm looking at the MRI. That pain I was feeling was a bone bruise. Mm. And so imagine like in between your femur and your tibia, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine having like a bouncy ball in there. Like that's your cartilage, right? right. It's, it, it's able to absorb. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's able to take that beating, take out that bouncy ball and put in a rock. And that was essentially what my cartilage was because microfracture, they drill through your bone. The blood comes up because you know, the, right. the, the blood and the bone comes up to the surface and then, and then it hardens, mm. and that's pretty much what your cartilage is right. at this point. Are it's, they doing that just so they can like maintain cartilage there, for like so it's more sturdy long term? Well, kind of thing? well, that essentially is your new cartilage. It's uh, like scar tissue yeah. dried up, like blood comes up and just hardens. To have something in between yeah, the bones, exactly, yeah. so that your bones aren't just rubbing on right. each other. And um, I went up, and and it was a bone bruise. It was bone bruise, man. I'm like, I was like, that makes sense because that's that's I couldn't describe the pain. Yeah, it was so internal, and it was that night, dude. I was meeting with a doctor, and he looked at me and he said, Jordan, he's like, listen, you can you can fly on this, you can go on this plane, you can fly out for this workout, mm. and 
let's just say they they look at all this stuff mm -hmm. and they say, hey, we'll still give them a chance, which is going to be pretty slim, right? right? right. You invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in the athlete. Mm -hmm. He needs to be healthy. Mm -hmm. It's just business. Yeah. Um, and he says, and if, if all that happens and you go and you do this and this and this, he's like, you might be able to play for one more year. And he's like, and you're going to need a knee replacement. And he's like, or you can stop and you might be able to run around and play with your kids and, and kind of maintain this knee for, and, and put off a knee replacement for, yeah. for quite a while. And that, that was it, dude. I was yeah. like that when he said that, I was like, holy shit, like yeah. this is, what's the point, you know? And, and, and I had this dream for so long and it was like, it, it, I just, that, that was the point where it hit me and I was like, dude, this you're is, staring down the barrel of the yeah, rest of your life at this point. Exactly. Yeah. And it was that night. I remember I went up, I went up to park city to meet with the doctor. I was with my mom and dude, I just, I just broke down. So after that, I was like, dude, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Yeah. So, but that moment was just like everybody, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if you end an injury. It doesn't matter if you end just because you're not good enough yeah. or whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Like when, uh, when it's over, everybody goes through it. Yeah. And some people go through it worse than others because some people, like you said, like that was the only thing you wanted to do. Right. Yeah. Some people go and, you know, I played with guys that were going and interviewing for NBA jobs at right. Stanford and yeah, shit. And right. it's like, no, that wasn't me, dude. Right. Like I'm, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that was it. And, and, and I, I took it hard, man. It was, yeah. it was a hard couple years for sure after that. Well, look, talk me through that time of depression though. How, like what, what was the recovery like? Because I know for like, for me, just trying to find a whole new identity after losing football, because you, you remember Friday night lights, right? Oh yeah. <clears throat> when, um, What's his name? Booby Miles or whatever. Yeah. He gets in the car and he starts crying. He's like, that's one of the, like any football player watches that and, and just can't help, but just feel because when he said the words, what am I going to do now? I don't know how to do anything but play football. That is exactly like, to me, I was like, what am I going to do now? I don't totally. know anything but football. Right. And I know you're, cause you're saying that depression, like dude, to me working out, I didn't want to work out because working out, I was thinking of football. Yeah. Listening to music, I was thinking of football. Totally. Eating food, I was thinking of football because what I hadn't realized that everything in my life, I had connected to football. 100%. I couldn't yep. watch football anymore. I just barely started being able to watch BYU <laughs> football again last year because I couldn't watch it, man. Yep. All these guys were playing who were literally in my class. Like, I'm rooting for them. I'm happy for them. But I'm just like, I'm sitting there. I'm just like, I can't even watch this yeah. anymore. You know? And I'm going to be honest, dude. Like, I didn't get near to a level that you did. Right, like I only was there for like one year, maybe two, like like one and a half ish. You hit this level, so I'm curious. Walk me through that time of depression, like of like just trying to find a new identity, man. What was that? Well, like? it was exactly what you just said, dude. It, it's it's crazy. Like I resented everything. Mm -hmm. I resented football. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch like you said. Like I just barely started being able to watch. I didn't watch football for two years. Yeah, like because. I'm watching and it's no offense to any of, but like yeah. I have teammates that yeah. I started over <laughs> that are signing $50 million contracts. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and, 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 and I became very, very selfish yeah. is what happened. Mm. Um, and I, I pointed fingers. I, I blamed, you know, I blamed this and this and this and, and why me? And, and you go through this vicious cycle of like, why me? And well, if this, and then you start blaming you know, well, had they have done this and this and, 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 and then over time that gets fucking exhausting Yeah, because you have like, you have like this hatred in your heart 
And, and at the end of the day, everybody at some point in their life is done playing football. It doesn't matter if you play 10 years, mm -hmm. 15 years, 20 years, everybody has to come. And, and that's, that's what helped me is, um, realizing that dude, it, even if you go play 10 years in the league, like at some point you're still done and yeah, it's not yeah. going to be, it's like, yeah. it's like Tom Brady coming back. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it doesn't matter, dude. He's he like literally set every record yeah. he's, he could retire and he's the goat. He's the greatest of all time. It's not even a question. And even this guy is still like, Oh shit, I want to come back for another can, year. Yeah, exactly. He's right? 45. <laughs> so, so it really doesn't matter the dynamic of the yeah. situation at some point it's going to come to an end. And, and, and that, that hit me, but, but it was miserable, dude. I didn't watch football. Um, I didn't like, I, I, I distanced myself from everything mm -hmm. and I just was kind of a loner, bro. Like I just like one, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, two, I was, I was, you know, I was just trying to get back to being normal again. Right. So I could yeah. just do the average. Like I, I don't, I can't go skiing. Yeah. I can't play pickup ball. I was a good <laughs> basketball player. I right. can't play pickup ball anymore. Like there's a lot of things in my life I can't do. Yeah. So it wasn't even just, Hey, football's over. It's like, there's all these things. Like I get asked, Hey, you want to go wakeboarding? I'm like, fuck. And I can't, no, I can't. Yeah. Right. Cause I literally can't even balance on the board. So, so it, it wasn't, it, it was, yeah, it was football, but it was also a lot of different things that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be missing out on. Mm. And, and I, I had to find something I was passionate about. And that, that took a while. Um, it took a long time. It was about a two year period where I didn't watch football. Mm. Um, I didn't, I didn't really talk to anybody. I kind of distanced myself from a lot of people, a lot of my friends. And, um, it was just, a it, it was dark dude. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but, but, but what, what got me out of it was like, again, it, it goes back to like, and you're the same way, right? With, with you, you approach your business now, the same that you did as, as an athlete yes. and, and you'll probably never be as passionate about this as you were about football <laughs> right. and you're way more successful right. at what you're doing now than, yeah, you, no than you were at football. Right. right. But it still doesn't give you that freaking feeling in your stomach like no, it did. No. And so I just needed to find something that would get me out of the bed in the morning yeah. and wake up like I used to mm -hmm. with, with a light, like with a fire under my ass yeah. and, and I, nothing will ever compare, but, um, I had to do some deep digging for a while and yeah. it was, it was hard, man. But like, like I said, everybody goes through that. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're a hall of famer or, mm -hmm. or if you're a, your um, high school career, you ended in high school. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Everybody right. goes through it. And, and yeah. I had to, I had to realize that. And, um, but it was hard, dude. Yeah. It was hell. Dude, I, it like, like, you know, you're saying like with the business, exactly. They were like me getting on stage is me trying to replace that feeling of being in front of thousands, 100%, right? Yep. Like me throwing events is because I'm still craving that, that, that feeling, right? Me building teams and, you know, working with teams and still having team camaraderie in a business is still me trying to replace the days where we were a team and we're screaming at each other to keep going, keep pushing, you know, like we're doing dead sprints and we're all fucking miserable exactly. and we're still doing it together, exactly. you know, like. Dude, and I, I know people talk about like from the military, from football, but when you like bleed together, when you sweat together, when you puke together, when you sacrifice together as a team, like, like just do that kind of things. That's like, to me, I, I just, I, I don't know how I could ever replace that. Yeah. You know, and I've, exactly. I'm searching for it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like, like where the fuck is it? You yeah. know, cause you know, like basketball, here's the thing about like, like I've thought about this, like part of me almost wished I never played football because 
I, like I, I won't have this gap in my heart for the rest of my life. Yep. I wish I would just golf. Yep. Like put me in golf because yep. I can golf forever, you know? <laughs> exactly. Basketball, I can play pickup games with my boys forever. But at the same time, I would never replace the lessons and what I learned and the the uh, everything else. So it's this, it's this thing that I go through. I don't, I'm curious to see what you think of like, like part of me wishes I never played football because then I'd be able to have a passion for golf yeah, until exactly. I'm 70 years old, yep. you know, or whatever. And I still love golf, but I'm like, no, nah, dude, but at the same time, I would never replace what I became or what I learned because of football. Yeah. You know, it's a tough dynamic. I, yeah. I think about the same thing all the time because <laughs> you golf, um, right? I, I do, but I suck yeah. ass. <laughs> I can't, I can't put any pressure on my left leg. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I have a half swing. I mean, I, I, my swings may be slightly better than Charles Barkley. Right. <laughs> but, um, shout out to Charles. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you're right. <laughs> the other dynamic of it is this. And I think a lot of people, um, I, I think a lot of people don't realize this. All those things you said is, is 100% correct. The thing that most people don't think about mm. is the structure. Yeah. Right? Like I had something every hour of every, my whole life from when I was eight years old yeah. to 22 years old was yeah. a fucking itinerary. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so it's like, I've got weights at 5 a.m. I've got class at eight and blah, blah, blah. Team meeting at 210, yes. position meetings at 335. Right. Yeah. And then I go, I get taped, I go to practice, I get done with practice, I go watch film till seven, I go home and I do my homework. Yeah. And then if I have any little extra time, then I'm whatever. Yeah, right. And your life is literally like that for so long. Mm -hmm. And then when you leave and it's like, you wake up in the morning, you're like, you have nothing? Yeah. You're <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> what, what the hell am I supposed to do today? Right. Right. Like yeah. I've got it. I'm like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I got, I got to go to, I got a 210 meeting. Yeah. I've got this and I've got this. So, so aside from, like you said, um, the blood, sweat and tears and being with your brothers and playing with your be best friends and playing in front of stadiums with a hundred thousand people and right. all these things and winning and, um, running the damn pursuit drills and, <laughs> and, and doing all these things. Um, I loved that stuff, but what I realized I was really, really missing was I didn't have the structure. And without that structure, I'd wake up and just be like, um, yeah, what the hell, like, what am I doing today? And so it was, it was finding that structure again. Um, and, and, and finding a way to do something new and, 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 and have the consistency in my day where I was focused on a task at hand. I was focused on something because that's how I was wired since I was eight years old. I right. always had something and then that goes away and it's like, I could sleep until one and like, yeah. nobody's going to get mad at me or yell right. at me. Yeah. Right. And right. I, <laughs> and so that was the toughest dynamic that I realized, um, that I started to get back again when I started my business. So yes, nothing will ever compare to running half gassers with, with you guys <laughs> right. and, and throwing up and, yeah. and, and you know, yeah. trying to max out on and, and fell and, yeah. and not, and going and smacking somebody in the mouth. Nothing's going to compare to that. But what I did realize that helped me a ton was finding a structure in my, in my day to day, because yeah. that was the number one thing I was missing. Yeah. So I didn't have to be anywhere. Yeah. And that drove me absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'll add one thing that also the competition, you know, exactly. cause when I realize I, when I wake it up, I have no, I'm not competing for anything, you know? Cause like, you know, when you're going, like you're watching other players on your team and also other, other players on other teams exactly. and you're, you're literally competing with them in my head. I'm sitting here thinking he's working. I got to get to work. Exactly. You know, in yep. this head, there's constantly something in my head going. So all of a sudden football's gone and I'm like, who am I competing against? Right. Yep. And I think that's what, what's been beautiful about business is 
I get back into competition. Exactly. I find other motherfuckers and I literally pick out competition and I say, I'm competing with this dude. 100%. You know what? Because my life's more enjoyable that way. Yeah. Life is more enjoyable with competition. And it's funny because talking about how you grew up, your dad being really hard on you and stuff. That's a lost fucking art. It is. Teaching people to be competitive. It's like so frowned on all of a sudden to be competitive. When, since when was being competitive a bad thing? That fucking drives me, dude. Yeah. I get out of bed at five in the morning, four in the morning, just to go work out and then run gassers, go to school and do it again. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I'm competing, man. I'm doing because I, I can't wait to, you know, be better, to push myself, you know, because I believe I can. I know I can. I just gotta outwork that dude, exactly. right? Exactly. Yep. And so, why like I think you see this as well, because you're still in the athlete, you know, like business, right? Do you see comp competition or that? especially in basketball and even in sports day and in like in NFL and NBA, I feel like we're losing the competitive edge that we used to have. We 100% are like you said, it's, it's a lost art and it's, and it's very rare. And when you find it, those are the athletes that I'm the closest with yeah. that come to my gym and I can, I can name every single one of them. I'm yeah. like, these are my, these are my guys, yeah. right? Because it is, it's 100% lost. You know, I, um, I, I, I did, uh, coached high school football for five years. Um, I was, tr I was, you know, I had my gym, I had it going and, and I was like, man, I, I, and I, that's what at the time I started to get back into football and it was, it was therapeutic for me. It was really good for me to, to coach and stuff. I would say coaching is the closest feeling you will get. And it's mm -hmm. even more, um, challenging because when you're out on the field, you're in, con you're in control, right? When you're a coach, you just have to pray and hope that that <laughs> this guy's going to execute, but Come you don't on, trust James, anybody. Don't yeah. fuck up again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Like I just went over this concept like for three hours. Come of on, Lekka, it's the yeah. other C gap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so I got into coaching, and, and you're 100 percent correct. Like when I was in high school, we weren't friends. I and again, we didn't have social media and right, all this right, stuff, right? Yeah. I think we like MySpace had just come out for like the first time or whatever. But um, you, like, like, I don't, where did you go to high school? Pleasant Grove. Okay, you went to PG. Were were you, or like hanging out with kids at American Fork? No. Right. Like our biggest rival was like we. It depended on what sport, but we had Riverton, we had Alta, mm -hmm. and bro, like. We didn't hang out with the Alta kids, right? right? Now, well, you get older and and and, sure. and it's all good now, yeah. right? You realize that the reason you hated these kids so bad is you're very similar. Right. But we hated those kids. Yeah. Like I, I remember Alta coming and watching our blue and white game. Yeah. And I remember yeah. I, <laughs> I know right? they're sitting in the front row and I and I remember like um we had somebody running for a touchdown and, and I was running because somebody was chasing him down and I'm like, I'm just going to tee off on this guy. And I just freaking just teed off him. And it was right in front of all these, right in front of the whole Alta team. And I, I just lit I mean, dude, he did a freaking flip and yeah. I, and, and I did it. The reason I won, I, I, I was hustling, but two, um, it was right in front of yeah. where Alta was sitting yeah. and I laid him out and I looked over and I was like, like your next motherfucker. Cause we played them the first game of the season. Oh yeah. yeah. And, um, that doesn't happen anymore, right? No. And so what I realize is is working with a lot of athletes and coaching, everybody is buddy buddy now. It's like yes. you know, these guys and, and every kid is transferring. Like, dude, if I would have transferred to a, a rival school, my friends would have beat the shit out of right. me. And and it, and you were a traitor, and yeah. you were like, you're gonna leave, you're gonna leave us, and right. then when we see you, yeah. we're gonna kick your ass. Right. Now it's like 
oh, I'm not getting any playing time, so I'm going to transfer this school. Yeah. And, it, and, and everybody's buddy-buddy. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I, you know, it's it's definitely evolved. But it's what it's also done is it, it's eliminated that competition and yeah. that competitive edge. Like, right. we used to hate our rivals. They used to hate us. And when we played, it was a bloodbath. Yeah. Now you now you go to the games and kids are shaking hands before the game and joking off and dancing and stuff. And it's like, you're getting ready to go to battle against that guy. So it, it's changed. Yeah. Um, and you got, you know, guys like LeBron James who just wants everybody to freaking love him. And it's, it's yeah. way different. Like MJ wasn't like that. Larry Kobe. bird was not like that. Kobe wanted to rip your heart out. Yeah. And, and he it's, wouldn't fucking talk to you. You no. kidding me? You tried to talk to Kobe before the fucking game. Yeah. Like <laughs> out of your mind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. right? And so, so it's changed a lot. And, and, um, and like you said, as, as, as parents, um, it's, it's almost like, wh why, yeah. you know, it's, it's frowned upon that. I want to beat this kid's ass. Why? Right. Like, that's why we're playing. Yeah. And, and it's not to say that you can't respect. I had a lot of guys, um, some, some guys that I ended up becoming best friends with mm. that when we were growing up, I freaking hated, yeah. <laughs> I hated, right. And, and then you get older and you end up playing on the same team in college and, yeah. and you realize this dude is wired like me and that's yeah. why I hated him. And, and it's all that's good. That's why he hated you. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. it's, and it's all good, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a healthy competitiveness yes. and there's just, there's not a lot of that anymore. And I, and I will say, thankfully there, there still is some of that and I still mm. see some of that, but it is, it's not like it used to be. It's going away. It is. Well, you know what it is like, have you ever read the book, the warrior ethos? I have not. I'm going to no. have to, I'm going to send you that book, dude, because the warrior ethos is this book and it, it, it talks about the warrior, you know, mentality, right. And how from the beginning of time, man has always competed. Man, mankind has always wanted to be better, right? They've always wanted to go to battle, go to war and to conquer and dominate. Right. But there's a spirit between warriors where yes, we will kill each other, but we also respect the hell out of each other nope. because we know we're both warriors, right? And actually a lot in the book, it talks about how in you know our modern day, the closest thing to that is football, right? And how that's becoming a lost art and how the warrior mentality of, I'm literally going to battle with you, right? There's this almost sacred feeling before a game or before the preparation coming up to it of we're going to war. We're going to get physical and violent here. And afterward, you know, like we, there's this mutual respect that we can happen, exactly. but respect is where we leave it, right? And that's the thing is like, we can respect each other. We can compete against each other at the same time. Right. Yep, 100%. And the, what's wrong with being, wanting to be the best. You know, my motto of alpha influence is be great or be nothing because that's the, that's what my father told me at a very young age. My dad was very hard on me too. Yep. If I was ever scared of a baseball, he took me home that night and threw baseballs at me. Yep. Right. Yep. You know, like if totally. I was ever, if I ever looked like I flinched my dad, like before I got hit by or something, my dad would put me in the Oklahoma drills over and yeah. over and over and shit <laughs> yep. like that. Right. Yep. And I'm grateful for that because it taught me to compete. It taught me to strive for the best I can be. And that motto, be greater than nothing, has offended so many people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, if you're not great, then I'm just nothing. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's frowned. It, it, it's, it's the way that the whole, our whole entire society is right now. Right. The way that the media and the propaganda that we have um, is... To accept, accept your, it's pretty much mm -hmm. accept average. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, there's literally the saying like accept weakness. Like it's okay to be weak yeah. in this shit, right? You know, there, there's, there's fitness magazines with like 350 pounder on them. 
and it's that, like that's this not, is yeah. the new healthy and it's like no, bullshit it's no it's not no it's not you're gonna right? die soon and and you know it's like let's call a spade a spade right like yeah. this is not so but they're they're trying to weaken us mm -hmm. as a society i agree um it's okay to be 150 pounds overweight and it's in, in, in reality no it's not no um it's not okay amen um yeah. and 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 so if if you're trying to reach the top or if you're trying to um you know reach your full potential it's like oh this guy is he's an asshole or he's mm -hmm. you know he's selfish yeah. or he's this and this and there he's just like full of himself or whatever and it's like that should be what's rewarded yes right and and nowadays there's no incentive to be great right right it's like like kids show up to practice and parents just think your kid's going to play because he showed up to practice. Yeah, and it's partic like, participation. Well, yeah. Participation trophies. Exactly. Well, your kid was dicking off the whole time. Yeah. He, did, he didn't know the playbook. Yeah. He doesn't know this. So this guy shows up. He watches film. He stays after. He lifts mm -hmm. weights. He's in the film room right. studying the plays. And, when, and, and, and he's watching his opponent. And when he shows up, he's just way better than your kid that comes in. But... It's like, well, everybody should play. Everybody yeah. deserves to play, and right. and it's it, it's how society is um, right now, mm -hmm. and and that's why it's so easy for you to win, right? It Beca is. Because like li literally, it's so easy to win because it's like, um, every everybody else wants to be at like i'm not saying everybody else but the the the, the way that society is it, it, it wants to make you feel like um you belong if if you're just not going to live up to your you're like you can just be average you can be 200 pounds overweight and you yes. can be healthy right and you can make minimum wage and you're still you're still fine right. yeah and 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 that's just the way that everything is portrayed now and then people buy into it yes why? Because of course they buy into that. Oh yeah, you're right. I can do that. Yeah. I can let off the brakes yeah, a little bit. Yeah, ex exactly. And so it's it's um it's a shame, man. And and honestly, uh, you know, it all starts it all starts with with the parents and, and how they're yes. raised, right? And so that's that's the biggest thing is and, and why I'm so grateful for how I was raised is because I, I've I've seen it firsthand mm -hmm. and I know what it feels like, I know what it tastes like, I know what yeah. it smells like. And and there's no other way. Yeah. Um there there's no other way for me. So I I get pissed when I see people with tons of potential that are lazy, man. Yeah. It it absolutely pisses me off. Agreed. Um and and you know, with with us in our, our gym, you know, we we really try and just maximize or or get the best out of people. Um because some people don't even realize how like I, I have athletes that we work with, they don't even know how good they can be. Yeah. And, and I've been, you know, I've been developing athletes for 10 years, like, you know, a decade now. Yeah. I can see, I can look at somebody and be like, holy shit, that kid is special. Yeah. But they don't even know how, how special they could be. And, and so it's our goal as coaches and leaders and then parents to get that out of them. Yeah. But nowadays we're trying to hold that back. Yes. Hello, Johnny. It's okay. Like pop, pop, you need to pass the ball a little bit more. Well, not if it means us winning the right. championship, yeah. then, <laughs> right. you know, then no, 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 no. Yeah. Don't, don't pass that fucking ball. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so now it's like, Hey, don't, don't stop. Don't step on anybody's toes. Let's mm. walk around on eggshells. Let's not be a dog because yeah. we don't want to offend anybody exactly. and, and we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. And when, when we were like, when I was in high school, it was like either, either uh, keep up or get off the team. Yep. Right. Like if right. you're not, if you're not going to bring it, 
then just don't even show up. Yeah, you're dead and, weight. And it's you're totally fine. Yeah. I can still be friends with that guy. Absolutely. Right? Like, off the field, we're still friends. But yeah. on the field, you're going to hold our team back. You're going to drink all our fucking Gatorade. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to eat all of our sunflower seeds. <laughs> so just just go do that on the sideline, though. Like, we're still homies. But, yeah. like, don't hold me back from reaching my goals. And and that's the biggest thing, man. And it, it is it is becoming a lost art. I agree. It is a lost art. But we need to bring it back. Yep. Especially, and here, you know where it starts? I love it. You just said it. It's the parents, you know, because the truth is, yes, there's bullshit on CNN, Fox News. There's bullshit on all media, social media or regular media. But you know who controls what really gets into the kids' heads? Yep. The parents. Totally. You determine what gets in your kids' heads. You educate your children. And when they, that way, your children are going to be smart enough to decipher what's right and wrong when they hear bullshit. Yep. They'll be able to smell bullshit if you show them how to smell the bullshit, right? Totally. So if we're going to blame CNN and Fox News, it's going to be there no matter what. Exactly. It's never going to go away. You know what we, we have to do? We have to take responsibility for it and own up to the fact that us as parents is where the development will come. What your father did for you is he created an animal, right? He created an animal. He, but it, he didn't just create an animal. He brought out what was already in you. Yep. Right. Yep. That was already in you. He just proved it to you. Yep. There's, I guarantee you, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I could, I, I would put a thousand dollars on it right now that there were a lot of times where you did not want to do it. And your dad, and you told your dad, I can't even sometimes. Yep, totally. And your dad still said, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> you know, you said you can't bullshit 10 more. Yep. Right. And then guess what you learned about yourself? Yep. Oh, I can do more. I can do more. Yep. There, there's right. another gear. Yes. Yep. There's another gear. 100%. Did everyone, did anyone ever think your dad was an asshole? Um, you know, all my friends, I, oh, I'm sure. I'm okay. sure he was my coach. I'm people, sure people thought my Te dad was an oh, asshole. Yeah. Teams we played against. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure, man. Curious, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. Um, but you know what? My friends loved coming over to my house, dude. We, anytime we had sleepovers or anytime we did, it was always at my house. Yeah. Why? Well, because I go sleep over at my other buddy's house and it's like, you guys are in bed at 9 PM. Yeah. Like, you know, I even had. I even had uh, friends, parents that used to make me like, I had to take a shower at their house before I slept in their sheets. I'm like, what the hell dude? Um, but you know, at my house, you know, I had a full, I had a, my, my dad laid cement in our backyard and, and built me and my brother a full court, uh, a full court basketball court. And dude, me and my friends would be out till two, three in the morning. We'd put the lights on and yeah. we'd be competing and, and their bedroom window is literally right here. We're loud. We've got music on. We're bouncing the ball. And never once did my mom or dad come out of the house and say, you guys need to go to bed yeah. or you guys like, uh, we can't sleep. My dad and mom probably would have uh, stayed up all night just and, and, and felt comfortable knowing that I was out competing and yeah. that me and my friends were out doing something where we're out doing other bad shit. Right. And we were like, oh yeah, you know what I mean? There's a lot of other things yeah, you could be doing. There's a lot at of other things we could be doing. And so, so that, so, um, so yes, I mean, obviously um, every, everybody that you compete with, uh, or that competed against our teams growing up, I'm sure thought that. Yeah. Right. Um, but within my circle, we loved it because, um, he would challenge us Yeah. and you know, we would have tournaments and he would go buy treats and Hey, um, you know, two on two tournament right now, it, it, we'd set up brackets. We'd have this whole tournament laid out yeah. for just me and my friends. And then he'd go buy a bunch of treats and be like, all right, whoever wins, you know, gets this or whatever. And we would just be, we would be competing. We'd be diving on, diving on concrete, getting loose balls. And, um, it didn't matter what time it was. They never stopped me. They never came out and said, Hey, you guys are too loud or, Hey, you guys need to go to bed. It was never that. Like as, if I was, 
you know, it was encouraged at my household mm. and, um, it, it didn't matter. We, we could stay up till five in the morning playing, playing pickup ball and it did yeah. not matter. My parents were never going to put a stop to it. Mm. Most parents, um, it's like, Hey, it, it's time to like, you know, we got to do this or we got to do this or got to do this. As long as I was competing and he knew that, then mm. we're good. Yeah. And, and it, they, they didn't stop. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's what, um, prevents people from becoming great, right? They're always mm -hmm. told I'm trying to like, I'm trying to learn with my daughter right now. Mm. I always find myself because I'm like helicopter dad, dude, she's climbing on shit. And, yeah. and I'm like two steps ahead thinking, okay, she's going to fall. She's going to hit her head right there. And then she's gonna be like, <laughs> yeah. blood's going to be, and I'm right. like, and so I'm always like, be careful. Yeah. I'm like, Penny, be careful. And then I'm like. No, dude, let her learn. And yeah. so, so I'll be there in case she does fall. Like one time she was climbing on our bar stool and I've just, I'm, I just knew like if she gets two or three pounds heavier, this thing's going to tip <laughs> and I'm helicopter dad. So yeah. she climbs up on it and it tips and she falls over and I'm, I'm right there, dude. I freaking put my head, uh, put my hand running her head yeah. right before it hits the ground. Um, and she looks at me and she's like, Oh, you know, like that was, that was scary. <laughs> that but, was dumb, yeah. but I've, I've learned that and my mom does it to me she's always like be careful be careful and i'm like no i'm yeah. going for it so i've tried to limit myself on how many times i say don't don't do this or mm -hmm. don't do this or hey be careful or be careful i find myself saying that and i'm like dude mm -hmm. like when people used to tell me that i used to get pissed off yeah like don't do this right don't do this be careful with this yeah. and it's like that's not how you win right and, and so I've, I've like, but I catch myself doing it. And so, um, when you, when you find those behaviors that you're doing, I just try, I try and mitigate it as much as possible. Like, no, I want her, I want her to climb up yeah. that cause then she doesn't and she's excited and she starts clapping and she's like proud of herself yeah. and, and she's developing motor skills and all these mm -hmm. things. And, um, but I find myself as a parent, even with my one and a half year old telling her don't do this and yeah. don't do this and don't do this. And that's what we get told. We, we get told, um, Oh, you shouldn't be doing that because of this. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing that. Or, Hey, you need to be careful because of this versus just letting kids go out and be kids, mm. you know? And, um, and, and not holding them. We hold people back way oh, too yeah. much. Oh yeah. We hold people back instead of being like freaking go for it. Man. Yeah. And, um, and it goes back to what we were talking about with our society, right? It's yeah. like, don't do this. Cause you're going to mm -hmm. don't buy that new truck. Cause you're going to look like a tool if you drive that around. Right. <laughs> That's right. Right. So, oh, yeah. so you get told not to do this and not mm -hmm. to have nice things or, or, or not to work hard or yeah. to, to be great because of why, yeah. because you don't want me to. Right. Like, so what, what is that? What is that going to do for you? First yeah. of all, and what is it? And then for me, all you're doing is just holding me back. So, yes. so, you know, we hold people back from, um, like you said, it's, it's inside of you. Yeah. Something's inside of you. We got to bring it out, not mm -hmm. hold people back. Yeah. And it's, it's a big thing I've noticed, especially with parents in high school, working with so many youth and high school kids, um, parents hold their kids back from really like breaking out of their shell mm -hmm. or, or doing something that's going to give them confidence to be able to be like, Oh, I can do this or I can, I can be great or yeah. I can achieve this. Right. Um, oftentimes people don't reach it because they're held back from somebody else and they're worried about what they think. Yeah. And, and it's a huge thing. It's just like with business, man, like the more success, I mean, I, I look at all these plaques, like, like what you had to do to get this, that's a big freaking plaque. Um, <laughs> what you had to do to, to get that, how many people were like told you, 
oh, don't do this, or yeah. or you're you're crazy, or you're you know hundreds, hundreds, yeah. And dude, when I started my gym, I I can't even tell you how many people. Oh, dude, don't do that. Yeah, you're there's, you don't want to get into that. You don't yeah. want to get into that. Yeah. Like most gyms fell in the first two years. Um, you know, you're never gonna make enough money to make a living. Uh-huh. Um, you're you know you've got too many competitors. Yeah, like that's just a bad business to start. Mm-hmm. I I got told that hundreds of times. Right. Um, and I did it anyway. Yeah. So. Dude, that's what that's what you have to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, like, uh, like if I would have listened to every single person that told me don't do something along the way, dude, I'd be su- like, I'd be such a fucking loser. <laughs> dude, I'm serious. Like, you know how many people told me don't work out? Like, oh no, no, no don't stop your growth. You know, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> yeah. Hold on, you know, I'm talking like when I was really young. I'm like, yeah. like, like, I'm like, wait, this is like a huge myth, by what, the way, you, right? I, I was so, like, yeah. like, like, what are you talking about? You know, like, yep. don't stump my growth, like. I think we look at human, we look at ourselves as human beings. We think we're really fragile. Yeah. You know, we really think we're really fragile. We have no fucking idea how powerful we are. Totally. And one of my favorite things that like a mentor did for me that I do, I do for other clients as well or people is I, I have people sit down and just go into like a deep meditative say and sit there and think if you were to draw the perfect version of you, I mean, perfect body. You know, like, okay, you're five, five. We are, we can't change that. Right. Right. But maybe you're five, five, but what's your perfect body, right? What's the perfect lifestyle? How much money are you making? Draw it out for me right now. And everyone already knows exactly what their perfect life is. That perfect body, that perfect greatest version of themselves. We already know because we fucking dream it, dude. We see it in our head every single day. And you know what it is? That's not something from exterior. That's the interior greatness in you, that power that's in you, that's screaming to let it out. It's screaming to just say, be this person. And you're never going to get there unless you're okay to step on some toes, unless you're okay to make some waves, right? My favorite saying that I've ever heard was from T. Bishop T.D. Jakes, which says, if you want to be great, you're going to have to make waves, right? If you don't want, if you want to, if you don't want to be great, then be mediocre and fit in, right? Takes fucking courage to do that shit, right? And that's why I look at you, dude, and I see like, you know, okay, I know, I know what you've accomplished, you know, football wise, right? And I watched it, dude. It's funny, like I watched you growing up playing football, right? I was at those BYU games watching you. Right. I was one of those young kids doing that. And I was inspired. I was watching your tapes on, on YouTube. I was, you know, cause I was fucking like, I'm going to be one of those kind of guys. Right. And then I see you go out and you're not only keep like physically, I, I said at the beginning, you look like Hercules, but then you do that in business. You don't do that unless you've got something deep inside you that says, this is who I can fucking become. You have that vision in you. And I just wish more people would have that. Yep. Right. That's what I love what you're doing with the gym. Cause it's not just like you're fucking, it's not just a gym, right? You're I love Cause you just said, I know, I know I've heard, I've had a lot. I know I have a lot of friends who've gone through that where you talk about how to be the best you, yeah. right? How to bring out the one in you. That's like, this is your greatest self. Find that greatness inside of you and go fucking win, bro. Yep. Go win, go compete. You know, like if we could just instill that more in, in our kids, I think America's got a future. Yeah. 100%. But if we don't, we're fucking screwed. We're screwed, man. Yep. You know, because whether we agree with it or not, China, dude, they definitely, they're doing that shit right now with oh, our yeah, kids. Totally. And maybe it's through communism, you know what, but they're still doing it. Yep. Right? Yep. So I, I'm just, I know it's not an America versus China thing, but it kind of is. <laughs> you know, like, we got to stay number one, people. <laughs> Have to. Have to stay number one. Yep. So what's next for you? What's, what's, what's the end up goal that you see? Cause you got some big businesses going. I don't know if we want to mention, you know, yeah. you talked to me before you got, you got stuff going on with, you know, obviously the gym, 
potentially getting into some gun stuff, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, the, <laughs> the first four years of my business, it was just all me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you know, this starting what you did, like, um, when you first start out, you don't have, um, you don't have the capabilities to, um, hire people mm -hmm. to offload work yeah, for you. Right. So, so when you start out, I mean, um, you're, you're doing all the copy and the writing and the yeah. marketing and you're yeah, customer you're service, and customer and service and you're the janitor. And <laughs> you know, so, so for me and my, and my gym, the first four years, it was 18 hour days. I was, yeah. I was, I, w I woke up, it was, you know, 360 days out of the year. Cause I, you know, I think we were closed on Christmas and even on Christmas I was in there, you know, I have an athlete that comes in on Christmas every yeah. single, every single year. She wants to w w uh, work out at 6am on Christmas again, right. that competitive edge. You tell I'm there for you, yeah. dude. I, I will wake up and I'll be there on Christmas for you because uh, she wants it. But, you know, for my first four years, it was just me. I was I, I opened the gym at 5 a.m. I ran every single class. I ran every single personal training client. I did everything nutrition. Um, and I even had a client that um, he worked out at 10 p.m. It was the only time I could fit him in. Mm -hmm. And um, I would train him till 11. And I, I, I had this ridiculous schedule um, for so long and, you know, and it was, it, it was good, but I, I found myself, um, I'm like, Hey, I've, I've, I've booked myself completely out. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing what I feel like is a decent job, but it just, it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't enough for me. Right. And like you mentioned it, man, like the thing I was missing was a team. Yeah. I was missing like, um, being, a, a, a um, I no longer can fulfill my job to each and every client. I mean, I'm seeing over 200, you know, 250, 300 people a week by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't, you can't do that. I can no longer fulfill right. those clients to the, the highest of my capabilities. Right. And so what do you need? I need somebody else. I need, yeah. I need another trainer. And so, um, so these last four years, what I've really tried to do was scale. Mm. And, um, and you know how hard scaling can be, right? <laughs> like, first yeah. of all, hiring, hiring people's, um, you know, I, I heard a quote from Gary V one time and he said, he said that the problem with hiring, he's like, everybody sucks at hiring people. Right. right? Cause right. I could get a resume and it's like kinesiology and I did this and all this and this and this. And I'm like, shit on paper. It looks, looks really dope. good. Looks dope. Let's go. And then, and then they don't have any people skills. Right. They don't know how to do sales. They don't know how to talk to parents. They don't or know how motivate. to motivate or yeah. motivate kids. Right. right? That it's, um, um, you know, they're, they're not going to stay and go above and beyond to help create better systems and all this stuff. And, um, and so everybody's shitty at, at hiring people. And I am, I'm kind of loyal to a fault where, um, I will try and, I will try and take this person and be like, no, you could, let's do this, 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 and this. And at the end of the day, um, you know, some people just don't want that. Yep. And, um, and so it was a rough four years for me mm -hmm. of trying to figure out and, and trying to one, make sure that every single person that came in, um, one from the programming, um, to how our sessions looked, how they felt, what our speed training was like, what our, um, what our programs looked like. Um, I wanted to scale. Mm -hmm. I wanted, I wanted the, to, to fulfill better. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't answer the calls when I'm on the floor all day. Right. Um, nobody's doing marketing because I don't have time for marketing. Right. Nobody's handling customer service. Yeah. I mean, 
you know how it goes. And, and then I'm on Sundays, I'm there mopping and, yeah. and vacuuming the gym so <laughs> that right. our clients could show up first thing morning and have a, you know, have yeah. a clean gym. So, so initially you take on all these roles and what I've really tried to, um, um, you know, make happen the last four years is to scale and grow. So I've got, you know, I've got three full-time trainers, mm. um, that, that are full-time I've got, um, and then I've got four um, other employees that are that are contractors. So we we now have grown from just one person, and and now we've got seven people on our team, and it's um that's been fun and exciting. And so for me, I'm still not satisfied. There's other things um, that I'm working on currently at the gym to mm-hmm. just um, expand what we can offer. Right. Um, and so you know, initially it was like. I, you just do this. And then it's like, you've got to develop new skill sets that Mm -hmm. you can offer more so that you can reach more clientele. And so that's, that's the big focus right now is, um, is continuing to, um, scale the gym and, um, continuing to, to help people, whether it's, you know, we, we, um, you know, a lot of people recognize us for training athletes, but, um, and you know, we, we literally get like, get emails and it's like, Hey, do you only work with like, high level athletes yeah. or like, you know, Young, we train yeah. everybody. We, right. we do personal training. We, we have adult classes. Um, so it doesn't matter everyday average Joe, whatever. Um, we do it. We do sports nutrition. We do functional nutrition. Um, we do online programming, online training, and we do a, we do a variety of stuff. So it's just, how can we keep, you know, expanding our horizon and, and keep, um, and, and fulfilling at a high level. And there's, there's a lot of stuff now that I'm able to work on the business versus being in the business on the right. floor day to day. And so, so I, I feel like I'm actually really excited, man, because, um, we're in a, we're in a really good position now where I feel like, um, it's the first time where I've been able to put all my focus on the business. Mm-hmm. And, and not just be like head spinning everywhere yeah, doing a right. hundred different jobs. And so, so I want to keep growing that. I've also got into, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think obviously my main passion is strength and conditioning, right. but, um, when you have that entrepreneur part of your heart, um, you love building things and you love starting things. Right. And, um, so it doesn't just, for me, it doesn't just stop at the gym. Like, yeah, that's my that's my baby because it was like, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what I started. That was the first thing I started, but I've got into, uh, you know, uh, investing in real estate. Um, I've, I, I have two other businesses that I do. And and one of them is I'm actually really excited about. We just launched about a year ago and, um, we met, we, uh, manufacture gun parts. That's right. Um, We make, we make parts for, for guns. And, um, you know, it was a concept that me and my good buddy had come up with. We researched the market and we, we really hit on a specific niche, Mm -hmm. a very niche brand that ended up, you know, we, we ended up kind of hitting the gold pot on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so now it's like, you know, that in its first year has done really, really well. And it's like, now we just see this huge vision of like, what, what can, be possible with yeah. this thing. And so, so I've got my hands, um, in a lot of things <laughs> spreading it, and, yeah. and I'm, and I'm just trying to spread and I, and I love, you know, I'm a builder. Um, I, I love taking something, a concept from scratch mm-hmm. when it's nothing and being able to turn it into something. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing like, um, about the gym was it was, it was me training kids at a high school football field is how it yeah, started. Right. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and so that to me is scratch. Right. And what can we, what can we take that and turn it into? And, and that's what I love doing And it. Mm-hmm. And, and there's tons of things that I'm passionate about. And, and so to me, it's, it's about building a, a brand, um, building a team, 
and being around people that you enjoy working with. And then, and then how can we fulfill at the highest level? And, and a lot of it is performance. Yeah. It's, it's like, we also have to get results out of these people. So, yeah, right. so as I'm building and as I'm focusing on all the, all these other things, the, the end result is still the same. And it's like, we've got to take this guy from here to here. Mm-hmm. Nothing else matters. Right. And if we don't do that, there is no such thing as a brand. There is no brand. Right. And it's like with your brand, if you don't get your client's success, then what are you? What are you? Yeah, exactly. And and it's no different with the gym. And so we're right. just, we're just continuing to, to try and grow and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, yeah. see what, see how big and, yeah. and how far we can take it. Well, I'll say, I'll say this last bit though, getting into the gun industry. You know, I, I said it before, but you know who the best seller of guns are? I said it before, but it's not. Democrats. Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> Best gun salesman in the world is Joe Biden and Barack Obama. Yeah, exactly. Currently battling for the number one spot. Yeah, right? exactly. So you know what? In the gun world, man, like every time they bring up that shit, gun sales spikes. Exactly. So what well, a good business. <laughs> well, we've seen it. And, you know, gun, gun guns are fun. And, um, you know, there's I'm I'm a Jeep guy and I'm a Harley guy. Yeah. Um, so I had a heart, I had a Jeep until I, um, you know, got my truck or whatever. And I have a Harley and I view, um, from a business standpoint, I view guns the same way as a Harley right. and a Jeep. So when I got my Jeep, you get it stock yeah, and it comes with like just basic tires Jeep's and basic rims. Stock suck. They, they're the ugliest car in the world. <laughs> they are. It really they are, is. They suck. It is a pretty <laughs> ugly ass car. If yeah, you think it about is. it. Yeah. And, but as a customer of a Jeep or as an owner of a Jeep, I can take this basic ass thing yeah. that just kind of looks like shit, honestly. Yeah. And I can turn it in to whatever I can go get 37s it's on a it, fucking some big tank. rims yeah. and I can get a front front light and mm-hmm. bars and, and, um, and, and you can, you can make those things look just so badass. the same thing with Harley. Like people, Every Harley owner I know, like the Harley was the cheapest part yeah, of right. the purchase. Yeah. You buy the Harley right. and then you end up spending double of right. what the Harley costs in parts, right? right? You get new fork tubes, you get new um, handlebars, you get um, a new seat, you get a new, the first thing you buy is a new exhaust. So yeah. you're, so it's loud and yeah. cars can actually hear you. And, and because it's badass when it's, it's loud sounds dope. and, uh, <laughs> and so so I really looked at that market as the same way with guns, mm. you know, as somebody, when I got into guns, the first thing I bought was a mag extension. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I got to carry, I carry a Glock 26 and it's short. My, yeah. my hands, you know, my pinky's falling right. off. I remember the first thing I was like, Oh, I need this. And then you, and then you're like, you see all these other. And so now you start. And if you're a gun guy, which if you're a gun guy, then you love accessories. Right. Yeah. If you're a Harley guy, you love accessories. Like if you're Barbies, a Jeep guy, but for dudes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And you dress them up and, yeah. and, but the thing about our company is we want, it's also performance based, right? Yeah. So for our product, we want to reduce recoil mm. so that you can get back on target faster. Right. So yeah, the aesthetics and all that is huge. is huge. Yeah. We want it to look good, yeah. right? It's just like with training. <laughs> you want to get the abs, right? And, and you and you you want to look good, right. right? But if if you're slow as shit and yeah. you can't jump or yeah. you can't move, then it doesn't really matter what right. you look like. And so, so I, you know, to me, it's kind of this. It's it's the same approach. Yeah. It's can we make a part that is one looks badass mm-hmm. that people want to put on their gun, and and the aesthetics of it is like. 
I don't even care if this thing performs. I just want it on my gun right. because it's yeah. badass. Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, for our shooters that are more serious, that are sponsored shooters or whatever that that compete in competitions, because um, we make you know parts for competition guns. Um, is it actually going to perform? Mm. And and that was that was the biggest thing. So yes, it looks awesome. Yes, it looks good. But does it perform? It's just like, just like with you, you don't get a new exhaust because it. Yeah, it looks cool because yeah. you can go pick out a cool one and people. But is it loud so cars can hear you? Um, does it increase your torque? Mm. Does it do like? Yeah, it's cool, but it's got to perform right. my grips got to feel good yeah. it's, it's got to feel good um you know i my my pedals that my feet are on mm. need to fit my style and, yeah. and and the way that you like to ride do you like your handlebars higher do you like them lower and that's why i compare guns to harleys and jeeps because um yes it looks badass but at the end of the day it just comes back to being performance based and yeah. that's something i love yeah and so it's an it's another thing that i've um I, I can find myself passionate about. That's dope. So that's exciting. Yeah. Well, I'm going to buy some of this shit. So you guys <laughs> should too. Okay. <laughs> well, so. dude, we spit some fire on this one, man. Yeah. It was a good episode. If people want to get in contact with you, people want to get to know you more, maybe it's for training, maybe it's for guns, or honestly just follow with what you're doing. What's the best place we can send our audience to reach you, bro. Yeah, absolutely. So our, our Instagram for the, for our gym is P one athlete. So mm -hmm. just at P one athlete. Um, my personal is Pendleton performance. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you want to reach out to us, just go to our website, P one athlete.com and you can submit a form and, and go check out, you know, whatever we offer and submit a form through there. And, mm -hmm. and we'll, now that we have people in place yeah. to right, <laughs> actually, actually, we'll, <laughs> we'll reach out to you as soon as possible. But, um, but yeah, man. Awesome. So. And stay, stay tuned for this gun launch. Cause hasn't quite gone, gone live yet mm. because I can't buy it yet, but I'm the first well, one to you buy can it. Buy it yeah. So, so oh, we, we can, we, yep. So oh, we, never mind. Fucking buy it yep, now. Buy it now. So, <laughs> so our company is 45 blast. Okay. It's called 45 blast. And, and we have some parts right now. Um, but we've got some, we've got some big, big things in the works, oh, cool. um, that are coming and Um, yeah, man. So it's fun. Dope. Get yourself a canic. Oh, yeah. Go get one of our compensators. Hell yeah. So I'm going to go get one. Cool. So we well, everyone, we're going to link all that in the bio. Everyone go follow this dude right now. Obviously, he's been doing big things, but he's going to be doing massive things in the future. I have no doubt because this is one of the most competitive dudes you're ever going to meet. And honestly, one of the hardest workers you're ever going to meet. So, dude, Jordan, thanks for coming on, brother. Absolutely. So, Appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having man. me.